What is up, Thrive Tribe? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. I am your host and chief energy officer, Jeremy Abramson. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, do we have a special treat for you today? We got the one and only Liliana Quintero. And for those of you who know me, you know, I don't really consume a ton of content online, <clears throat> excuse me, but Liliana's content really resonated with me. And that's why I reached out to her because I wanted to connect, learn more about her journey and learn more about what she does. And she's absolutely incredible. She did not disappoint in today's conversation. So Liliana has worked in the beauty industry for over 20 years. And 14 of those were spent as a licensed esthetician, which led her to create Wild Lily Organics, a vegan, organic, sustainable, and conscious personal care brand. Liliana's passion to help others create sacred beauty rituals through ancient holistic alternatives that heal and honor the goddess within. And even if you're a man listening, I promise it's not just about the inner goddess. We cover a lot of really powerful topics in this conversation. And if I sound a little sick, it's because I have been feeling under the weather. So hang with me and enjoy today's podcast with the one and only Liliana Quintero. What is up, Thrive Tribe? I am so excited to introduce you to the one and only Liliana Quintero. And Lily is an extremely powerful leader in the health and wellness space. And I'm so excited to share some of her story with you today. Lily, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you for having me. I'm really honored to be on this podcast because I, I've been watching your TikToks and I really resonate with a lot of things that you put out there. So thank you for having me. Yes, I, I definitely, it's reciprocated for sure. I, I came across your content and that's how we ended up connecting. So I'm really grateful that you're here and that you're going to be dropping a lot of knowledge for us today. Lily, I want to start off I saw a post that you made, I think a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago or so, where it was, you were sharing some of your story saying that, you know, you didn't always feel beautiful in your journey. And maybe that's what kind of inspired you to pursue the path that you're on. I was wondering if you could provide a little more context to that. Absolutely. And thank you for asking that question, because, you know, I share a little glimpse here and there on my social media of my journey and that that's a big one and that's kind of what really initiated this whole thing and so good you know kudos for uh tapping into that <laughs> sure. um so yeah so you know growing up i wasn't um as confident i didn't feel beautiful i didn't see the beauty i didn't uh, even though my whole family would tell me oh you're gonna be a model when you grow up oh my god you're gonna you're so beautiful but once you hit kind of like middle school kind of area right before middle school, you know, you go through that phase where you just feel really insecure. And, um, and I went to modeling school. I went to modeling school when I was 14 in Miami called John Casablanca. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, prior to that, like, again, I did not feel so beautiful. I was kind of like, you know, nerdy in the sense I didn't know how to fix my hair. I didn't know how to tap into that feminine energy. <laughs> so um, after modeling school, I learned how to walk. I learned how to pose. I learned how to put my makeup on. I learned how to do my hair. I learned how to sit. I learned how to talk. I learned so many things, so much, so many etiquettes and whatnot. And like the left profile and the right profile, which side it looks good on you, which colors look good on you, depending on your eye color, your hair color, your skin tone and whatnot. And so I learned that there's so much power and beauty and women have been shamed to feel beautiful or to look towards feeling sexy and desirable or mm. attractive or, or, or embracing that feminine aspect of yourself. And uh, it took me a long time to be comfortable in my own skin. And so it, it just, it, yeah, it just spiraled. You know, I got into beauty <laughs> uh, very young, like I said, 14 in the beauty industry, learned a lot about the modeling world, beauty world. I became an esthetician in 2007. Again, learned so much about the skincare industry. And I started to break out a lot <laughs> just from all the different products that we would try on ourselves as estheticians, as your first learning how to, you know, uh, use products and whatnot and massaging and uh, we would massage each other and it was over stimulation. It was just too much. And I, and I realized that a lot of these products were sensitizing my skin and were like basically like, like weakening my immune system to my skin. It was stripping the natural moisture that's supposed to protect your skin. Yeah. And I learned very quickly that it's a very corrupted industry. Yeah. Let's talk more about that. And I appreciate you sharing some of, some of the earlier stories from your childhood. Uh, I think there's a documentary actually called Toxic Beauty. And it talks about all of the different chemicals and toxins that are used in skincare products, cosmetics. And I feel like women are definitely more impacted by this. So if you could maybe share three to five of the most toxic, harmful chemicals that we need to watch out for in our skincare products. I mean, there's a list, but um, a good source to go for is EWG. Um, it's a great, great organization that basically vets all these skincare and beauty and, and personal brands um, personal care brands. So I highly, highly suggest you look into that if you're really wanting to uh, go a little deeper, but right off the bat, like parabens, sulfates, and any kind of, um, I want to say mineral palm oil are no-nos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And EWG, the Environmental Working Group is amazing. The work that they yeah. do and definitely have referenced them many times. And I think people fail to neglect like, or they, they, they neglect to realize that everything we put on our body absorbs yeah. into our bloodstream within 30 seconds. And just like, just like food, you know, gets absorbed, right. Becomes part of us Our our, our skincare does too. So I'm wondering uh, what are, what are some of the top, you call them sacred self-care rituals, which I love. 
<laughs> like, let's say someone, Lily, is just getting started with their skincare journey. What would you say is one or two things right away that they should that they should take action on? Uh, so I, like I said, I've been an esthetician for, for a pretty, pretty long time now. I want to say a little over 14 years, almost 15 years now. And back then, you know, I would have told you something else than what I, I'm going to tell you now. Maybe what I told you a year ago, it's different when, when I'm going to tell you now. Maybe in a year from now, it's going to be different from what I'm telling you now, because we're constantly discovering new um, technologies and discoveries and researches. And uh, me, I tend to go more backwards. I want to go back to the ancient, to the tried and true uh, methods. So ancient holistic modalities is the way that I would recommend that you go. Um, less is more for sure. Start with one product at a time so that you can get to know your skin, get to know that product if it's really working out for you. Because if you're trying three products at a time and you break out or have an adverse reaction, you may not know where it's coming from. Mm. So give it two weeks. Try one product at a time. So if it's a soap, if it's an oil, if it's a cream, if it's a scrub, try just that one product for the for the two weeks, especially if you have very reactive skin. So it just really depends on your goals, your needs, your current your current situation. But that would be my my go to. And then go more towards finding how to accept yourself and not judge yourself so much in the mirror, because that's what the skincare industry tends to do is point out your flaws versus your beauty. Hmm. I'm curious to piggyback off of that. And I totally agree. And with that being said, I feel like it's an interesting duality between self-acceptance, self-love, and then also being honest with yourself and real with yourself if there's something that you're unhappy about. Right. And now you're starting to see like more plus size models and you're starting to see some of this stuff normalized, which I think is great. And with that being said, I think part of self-love is being honest with yourself. Like, hey, if you wanna lose weight, that's great. Like accept where you are, but also realize like part of self-love is taking care of yourself, taking care of your skin, taking care of your body. So I guess what I'm asking is like, where do you think we need to kind of draw the line between self-love and then also like tough love with ourselves? Like, yeah, you know, um, I accept where I'm at now, but that doesn't mean I'm like satisfied with where I'm at. You know, I want to improve. I want to grow. I want to evolve. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I completely like I am with you. I know where you're going with this. Um, and the thing is that there's there's a difference between somebody accepting themselves and and learning to be okay with not being perfect, right? Because there's some kind of uh, this like in a misalignment when somebody is trying to aim for perfection. That's also not healthy. You know, you have the two spectrums: the overly perfectionist, overly um, uh, how do you say? I'm sorry, my English is not my first language, so. And I have, I learned, I know three languages. So I have, sometimes my brain scrambles through three of them. Uh, hey, <laughs> uh, just hey. Aiming towards perfection and then the complete opposite, not trying anything at all and just being completely ne neglect, neglect, you know, on yourself, neglecting yourself. Um, so I think there has to be a balance. And that's something that I learned because I went, again, 
being in modeling world, having to have the perfect body, the perfect skin, the perfect hair, the perfect everything. And it builds these un, unattainable standards. So they're just not sustainable. They're not realistic. They're not healthy. They are actually very toxic. And um, so I think that there's a, there's just a really fine line. And, it's, and I think only through experience and time and challenges that you'll learn how to manage that. Um, and that's why I do what I do, because I find that going towards a holistic route is forcing you in a way to be uncomfortable, to sit with the uncomfortability of aging and with the imperfections without mm -hmm. putting something that's going to like take it off like this, because we want quick results. We want it now. I want the Botox. I want the fillers. I want the wrinkle gone now, instead of saying, you know what, maybe this is going to take me two to three weeks. And it's going to be a sustainable effort. It's going to be more healthy. It's going to learn to accept myself more, to give myself the self-love. Because in giving yourself that self-love and self-care, you build this strength. You build this power. You build this confidence. You, it's like a very empowering to learn a new technique, right? So it's like learning how to drive. You know, I'm yeah. sure everybody, for the most part, when you first learned how to drive, you were so excited. And that empowered you. You were able to go to places that you never were before. And the same with self-care and these tools and these techniques and these practices. Once you learn how to do these practices for yourself, you're not dependent on anybody to beautify yourself or to self-care, self-love. You can give that to yourself. And that in itself is very empowering. Mm, yeah, I resonate with that. People are always searching for that magic pill, whether it's the one exercise that's going to help them lose weight or the one food that's going to give them more energy or the one surgery that's going to make them look younger, I guess. So what are some of the most common issues that people are coming to you with? Because what's so unique about the work that you do and, and for everyone listening, you need to check out Lily's content on Instagram, on TikTok, and we'll link to all this in the show notes, Wild Lily Organics. And her website has so many cool products that are very unique and, and I see you using tools to help like relieve anxiety by doing some of these skincare routines or, you know, um, dr help drain your lymphatic system. So I've never seen that before when people uh, speak about skincare and how you are kind of connecting the dots. So what are some of the things that people are coming to you most often with in regards to their struggles? Oh, there's so many, and and majority are women. Uh, I get a few men, but majority are women, and I want to say 90% are. And the most, the thing that they struggle with the most, I want to say, when it comes to us, I want to. There's different levels, right? There's people who come to me from all kinds of things, like, oh, I want to how to reduce the wrinkles, how to uh, get rid of the double chin, how to reduce puffiness around the eyes, improve the dark circles. Um, but then I also have people who are contacting me saying, I need something that's going to help me with my migraine. I need something that's going to help me with my PCOS. I need something that's going to help me with my vertigo. I need something that's going to help me with Bell's palsy. I need some, I need some help with digestive issues. I need some help with menstrual cramps. Um, I mean, so, so it, it, so the way I see it with beauty and I, again, learning this through the years is that health and beauty are really linked together. They're not separate. You cannot separate one from the other because when you look at somebody and you tell them you look great, you're also telling them that they're, they look healthy. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you look at somebody and they look 
healthy. You're not going to tell me you look healthy. <laughs> but that's true. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. I've never I've never said that. Like, hey man, you look really healthy today. We need to normalize that, Lily. Yeah, we do. And so yeah, we can start saying, hey, you look really healthy today. And you're so what do you say? You say in, you know, especially with women, is you look gorgeous, you look great, you're glowing. What are you doing? And then they want to know, what are you doing? How, how are you accomplishing this? Yeah. And so, so health and beauty are very linked. Is there something, if there's an internal balance, it's going to reflect onto your skin. It's going to reflect on your outer beauty, right? If your inner beauty is not balanced, if it's not strong, it's not, it doesn't have a strong foundation and you are uncertain of your truth, your powers, your strengths, your, it's going to reveal on the, on the outside. And so that's why facial flexology is so, so beautiful because it really goes more internally and treating the internal imbalances so that you can then glow without, you know, it's like you have to glow within to glow without, as within, so without. And so it's a great um, marriage, facial gua sha and facial reflexology um, and in combination with, I, I believe, in um, creating sacred beauty rituals because it, it's really more about self-love, self-acceptance, self-care. Yeah, for sure. And that's really powerful that you're that you're helping people with these more intrinsic issues, because I think, like you said, you know, our thought patterns, our beliefs, our feelings and emotions all manifest into our outer appearance and the way that we carry ourselves, our personality, our habits and behaviors. So I think it's really powerful to to go inward like you mentioned and the tools that you're using clearly are helping people and uh, i'm curious to know what it's been like for you the last year or so as your impact and presence has really grown online first of all was there kind of a a, a light bulb moment where it was like holy shit like this is really resonating for, with people. Was there maybe one piece of content or a couple pieces? And how has that changed uh, your business, the way that you approach what you do, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I've definitely had a few holy shit moments because like, again, I did not expect it. I was literally just putting out content of things that can help women at the time with self-care at home because they were not able to go get facials. And that's what I was doing. I was an esthetician full-time and I was out of work for three months. And so I had to get really creative and I really did it out of just genuinely wanting to help others to mm -hmm. take care of themselves at home. Like my customers, especially, cause they weren't, they didn't know what to do. They're like, what do I do? I miss your touch. I miss your facials. Um, and I wanted to be able to reach as many as I could, but I was limited because I couldn't go out. I couldn't touch people's faces. Um, everybody was afraid to go out. Everybody was afraid to take off their masks. So I was like, okay, like we got to do something about this. And it's just coincidentally, which I don't think there's nothing, nothing happens by coincidence. Um, I had just finished one of my courses for or one of my, got my certification in facial reflexology right before the pandemic hit, like literally right before and I saw a difference in my health and I, and it cured me from my breast tenderness and soreness that I had. 
And I decided to, again, to just put out content that was going to help others that might have been going through the same thing or, you know, and then I just started, you know, women started reaching out to me saying, oh my God, you don't know how much this helped me. Like, you don't know how much this has helped me like through this pandemic and you're helping a single mom who's struggling and going crazy and suffering from depression. And I'm learning how to love, love myself more. I'm learning how to accept myself more. And it, it was so inspiring and, and, and just touching. Like I cry, I used to cry sometimes literally by myself in the bathroom out of like gratitude for impacting these women the way that I have, because I didn't know that I was having this kind of impact on women. And I had to keep going at one point, you know, as a business owner, I'm sure you understand this. You you have moments where you want to give up. And there's this internal force that keeps you going that keeps you uh, motivated, that pushes you. But my followers and people who were joining me on this journey really were the ones that kept me going because it was so touching. It was so like, oh my God, like this is bigger than me. I can't quit. I'm, I'm helping women. Um, sure. And it's so funny because before all of this, you know, I, I want to say almost two years ago, I began this um, project in my head that I wanted to help women. Uh, being a single mom, uh, first generation immigrant, uh, not having any almost no support system um, and having to struggle and work two jobs with the child. Um, it, I, I felt like I needed to give back. I feel like I needed to do something about this. And so it was just my way of giving back. Like I know the struggle. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And what's powerful about that is, you created the vision of that happening in your mind. And we oftentimes undervalue how powerful our imagination is. Like our nervous system actually can't tell the difference between something that has been imagined really vividly and the actual event itself. So you had this vision marinating in your mind and then you're able to create a reality with that. So. That's really, that's insane, Lily. So basically you were just an esthetician working full-time at a salon. I'm not sure exactly if that's the correct uh, name for, yeah. And, and at that time you, you weren't really putting out that much content? Not that much. I wasn't consistent. I was, I mean, I started while Lily Organics, you know, it started off as uh, Lily's Organics and then it changed to lore organics and so i've always been like putting content content out like for a while when, when instagram began back in like or at least when i began with instagram back in like 2013 2012 around then um i began putting content out but then i had to put it aside i always there was always something going on that i had to put that dream that goal aside because i didn't have the time again mm -hmm. working two jobs being a single mom and doing it all um, it, it was very difficult for me to put out the content that I wanted to. I just really was limited with time. And so when the pandemic hit, it was like, okay, now you have the time. There's, there's no excuse. What's the excuse now? Yeah. Yeah. And so I just took full, full advantage of the time that I had. And I just gave it, a, you know, just gave it my all, gave it 100%. You also took full advantage of 
IG reels and the organic reach that they had. Uh, like there's some people I know that like really blew up and they, and like IG reels, I feel like because it was the new, the new feature on Instagram, like they were pushing it out and the organic reach on there was insane. Like I saw some of your videos really took off. Um, yeah. which is amazing. And honestly, I, it's like, it's like the synchronicities, you know, really come full circle and you weren't able to make your content creation like a priority before. And then you were basically forced to, if you wanted to continue impacting people and like generating income, building your business. So it's really beautiful to see how that really happened full circle. And I, I, I remember the day I started my TikTok. It was May 1st, 2020. And it was like two months into the pandemic. And I was like, and, and, and I already felt like I was late. Like I felt like, fuck, like I've already missed a huge opportunity. Is it even worth getting started? And then just stayed super, super consistent every single day. Like I still haven't missed a day. I posted every single day, probably like three to five times. And for anyone listening, like if you want to build something special, regardless of what it is, it's going to require that level of commitment and consistency. And I acknowledge you for just staying super consistent with that. And I want to know being a first uh, generation immigrant, where's your family from? Colombia. Ah, me encanta tu país. Barranquilla. Barranquilla, okay. Fui a Medellín y Bogotá tres veces. Ah, mira, hablas español. Ah, sí, puedo, puedo, puedo hablar porque quiero comunicar con todo el mundo. I want this podcast to soon be yes. one of the biggest podcasts in Central America. And Me encanta. Excelente. That's amazing. So, so Lily, tell me about. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit, how kind of your family said, you know, you're, you're beautiful. You're going to be a model, this and that, but there, for those who don't know, like growing up in a Latin culture, especially Colombia, <laughs> there is like this very, very uh, strong vision of what beautiful is. And I mean, a lot of Colombians are known to like get plastic surgery you know, butt implants, like all of yes. the things. So I'm hey, curious, like, what's that? You're stereotyping. I am stereotyping, but there's always a little <laughs> stereotype, let's be honest. Oh, for sure. No, we, yes, we are known for having a very high beauty standards, for sure. We do not go down without a fight. That's like our motto. Like if something is falling, we're going to pick it right up. If something is out of place, we're going to put it where it needs to go. Um, I <laughs> that's like what that. my, my position in Colombia would tell me. She's like, I am not going down without a fight. Like the minute something is drooping, I'm going to lift it up. <laughs> so, so I'm curious to know growing up in that environment with, yeah. uh, with that energy. Um, yeah. How, 
how is that kind of shifted and impacted the way that you're raising your daughter and, you know, implementing kind of these beauty practices, how old is she? And then how are you kind of approaching that? Yeah, she's 12. And thank you for touching this point, because this is another another thing that has also inspired me to go more towards the natural route of beauty, because in my culture and a lot of Latin cultures, um, beauty is, is, is it's very, um, I want to say toxic in a way, because women are pressured into this ideology of what beauty is and the standard and this like, um, yeah. It's like image of beauty. And you, if you don't have a, a, B and C, you know, 60, 40, 60, and, and a lot of women understand that it's like, if you don't have the right measurements, you know, 60, 40, 60, you know, like if you don't fit in that frame, mm -hmm. then you need to do whatever you need to do. There's a, there's a really great, um, I want to say sitcom or series it's called Sin, um, Senos No Hay Paraiso. And it means without breasts, there's no, paradise wow. and it's a story of Colombian girl who went through the extremes and risked almost her life to get breast implants wow because that was the, the idea or that was the the image of that they portrayed into young girls that that's beauty instead of accepting themselves and saying you're beautiful just the way you are and my mother would instill in that in me. She would always tell me, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. She never made me feel as if I had to change anything in, of, uh, in my body. And I appreciate that, that she did that. Um, but even then, there was still this like, hey, suck it in. Stand straight. Fix your hair. Fix your nails. Fix your makeup. Da, da, da. Like, oh, you look beautiful. Oh, no, you look terrible. You need to do your hair. So there was still this kind of negative talk, self-talk about yourself and so I really wanted to change that with my daughter as well. And so I completely, I am not at all like that. Like there's times where, you know, we're in certain gatherings and with Latin people and, you know, they'll say certain things or do certain things. And she looks at them like, what is wrong with, you know, like she, she doesn't know that. And I, I tell, you know, everybody has different belief systems and you're beautiful just the way, the way you are. You don't need to change anything about your body. You know, God made you in perfect image like there's nothing you need to change and I'm constantly reminding her of that like the most important thing is your heart mm -hmm. because people will never forget how you make them feel they'll always remember that you can be the most beautiful girl in the room but you can be the most rudest nasty person in the room as well wow. but if you impact that person and you're kind and you're honest and you're um, thoughtful like that's going to impact more than your outer exterior Mm, that's um, so I try to remind her of that like where is your heart use your heart and and be guided by that like if something doesn't feel right don't do it <laughs> yeah I mean that that's honestly I can't imagine like a, raising raising someone who raising a 12 year old like a soon-to-be teenager in the current climate and environment mm -hmm. is not easy and yeah. I talk to parents all the time who, who are struggling with, uh, with certain, with instilling certain values in their children. The lesson that, I mean, I'm not a parent yet, but what I always say is like, 
like embody what you want to see in them. So if you want to see them be more active, be more healthy, be more happy, like you have to be those things because they're always watching their parents. They might not always listen to you, but they're for sure watching, right? So leading by example is super important. Do you have any other examples or sorry, any other tips or pieces of advice for parents out there who have young kids, uh, maybe some things that have worked for you, some things that haven't worked? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I think there's no book, there's no uh, right or wrong way of parenting. I think there's just better ways and more effective ways. And and I think we're all just winging it, honestly. I don't think none of us have the answer. Um, I for sure have made some uh, mistakes and some oopsies like, oh, I, I think I just traumatized her for life. Um, you know, growing, you know, it, it, everybody's doing the best that we can. Everybody's doing the best that they can at the moment with the tools, with the understanding and the awareness they have at that moment. You know, what I did maybe two years ago, three years ago, even five years ago, I would never do now. I'm constantly growing, constantly evolving with her. We're growing together. It's that we're not separate entities. She's not separate from me. I'm not separate from her. In that, in the sense that we're growing together, we're learning together. She teaches me and I teach her and we're constantly like, we have open dialogue. And the one thing that I would say is, is to have an open dialogue with your child where they feel safe to go to you and talk to you and, and, and open up to you and not be afraid of that. That's my mm. only advice. That's what I had with my mother. I would, I was able to talk to my mother about everything. I mean, a little bit too much, you know, and it became like silly. I'd be like, mom, you know, I did this. And she'd be like, don't tell me. Or, you know, I, I remember the first time I ever tried drugs, you know, I did weed and I told her about it and I cried about it. I'm like, mom, I can't believe I did this. And I threw it on the toilet. I didn't do the rest. I mean, back then, you know, I was, I was super young, but anyway, and I told her and she didn't scold me. She didn't criticize me. She didn't yell at me. She just listened. And sometimes that's all your child needs is a listening ear. Mm. And as I'm saying this, I still have to remind myself of that. Um, right. Because there's so much healing and just listening and just you being quiet and just being the observer, being the listener and holding that space for your child. Mm. Yeah, that's important for sure. I really resonate with that. Um, speaking of drugs, I don't consider them drugs. I consider them more medicines. Um, uh, like he heard that word and we're going <laughs> to. I'm, I'm, I, I personally like haven't. Uh, I'm, I'm like one of the only people I know in my space amongst my friends in California, especially who doesn't smoke weed. Um, however, you may know this. You may not. I'm a huge fan of psilocybin, especially microdosing. It's something that I've implemented myself. And I also have implemented it with some of my clients who have gotten a ton of value and benefit from it. I'm curious to know, is that something that you explore uh, the realm of psychedelics at all? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've explored it. I've microdosed. I've um, I'm very, I believe in that. I believe because just the reason why I got into microdosing or, or got curious about it, I'm not, I don't know too much. So don't quiz me. Um, but, <laughs> uh, it's because I joined a company called live ultimate and they have this ultimate shrooms, 
uh, supplement, which has like eight of the most medicinal supplements or powerful medicinal supplements. Oh, yes, you have it. Um, that's awesome. So I learned a lot about mushrooms and I watched a documentary called The Fantastic Fungi. And I think it's called, right? The Fantastic yep. Fungi? Yeah. That? Yeah. Uh, and it really changed my perspective on mushrooms completely uh, to the point where like now that's my everything. Like that's in my coffee every morning. Uh, I cannot live without it. It's definitely one of those must have supplements. If I say like, if you were going to take any supplements, that's if I, or if I was going to just take one, that would be the one. For sure. Yeah. I, I had no idea you were involved. That's like, I had no idea you were involved with live ultimate because that's literally how I started learning about skincare, you know, with their different skincare products. And, and that's so funny. Um, that's so that funny. You, I saw something that you did live ultimate. I'm like, Oh my God, that's pretty awesome. But I didn't know how like deep you were into it, but I'm, I'm an ambassador. Yeah. Do you work? We will talk offline about that. Um, for sure. But yeah, the medicinal mushrooms are powerful. Uh, and we, we can also talk about the microdosing as well. I'm not going to quiz you on anything. No worries, Lily, no worries. Um, how important is nutrition for skincare? And are there any other, are there any foods that come to mind that are like, Hey, these are three foods that you should definitely have to clear up your skin. And these are definitely three foods that you should avoid. Yeah. So anything that's rich in vitamin A, C are going to be great, are going to be your go-to. So anything with green leafy vegetables that are rich in color, carrots, beets, uh, sweet potatoes, um, broccoli, spinach, kale, like anything that has vibrant color is going to be great for your skin. It has, it's going to be rich in vitamin A, rich in vitamin C and rich in vitamin E as well. Um, but those are like the ones that really come to mind. Now, if I want to tell you what really, is, I mean, water for sure, the quality of water is very important um, that you drink, but also on the things that you, you shouldn't consume are, you know, cause you can eat all these healthy, nutritious skin foods, but then if you're adding these um, non-organic chemicals that are creating an imbalance, you know, internally, mm. it, it, it really just scratches it off. So um, try to avoid completely from as much as possible sugar. Sugar is going to be your enemy when it comes to skincare, skin food. Okay. Yeah. And alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, it was the biggest thing I realized for, for my breakouts in my skin was when I eliminated dairy, so yeah. much of so much of like the inflammation in my body got removed as well and so many adults especially in the u.s are actually lactose intolerant and many of them don't even know and dairy can cause a lot of inflammation in the body on the skin if you get if you get dairy though lily like whenever i have dairy whether it's cheese or something like that in Colombia because it's so closer like it's sourced from cows that are freely grazing that are grass fed you know they're not fed all these hormones like there isn't an issue most of the time which is interesting um so some vitamin a vitamin c vitamin e rich 
foods are going to boost our skin health and stay away from sugar, processed sugar, artificial sweeteners, and uh, what was the the other thing? Alcohol. You said? Alcohol. Yeah. Um, yeah. True. What about like? I'm curious. Is does red wine is does red wine go in that category? I wouldn't put it in that category because red wine has um, very rich antioxidants. It's just in moderation. You know, like you know, eight glasses maybe are not going to be great. Um, but a glass a day, it's, I mean, that's what some Italians do. They drink about a glass a day of red wine and there's been some studies showing that that's great for, for your health. So, I mean, I'm not an expert in that field, but I, I would, I, yeah, I think red wine in my book, it's okay. Cool. Do you have any guilty pleasures that stand out, whether it's food, whether it's something that maybe isn't classified as healthy, but it's something that you really enjoy doing occasionally? Uh, a good bar chocolate. <laughs> nice. Do you have a favorite brand or? Bueno. It's like, I think they're from uh, Europe. I forgot what part of Europe, but they're called Bueno. Okay. And they're just delicious. So that that's, and I don't call it guilty pleasure anymore. I changed that terminology, that rhetoric. Um, I call it the shameless pleasure. There shouldn't be any shame. You. <laughs> exactly. Having- like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's. Everyone, like a common question I get is like, do you have any cheat meals? And I'm like, like, I'm not cheating on anyone. Like, this is something that, you know, you feel like that intuition, like, you know what? A piece of pizza right now would really nourish me. Right. And, and it's like, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of that pizza. And then a lot of times if you have that mindset that, oh, this is a cheat meal, then you start to feel guilt and shame which are literally the lowest vibrations energetically. Um, So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay. So I want to be a little selfish right now. I have some gua sha tools and I saw you recently did one to help relieve anxiety, right? Yes. That's what the facial mixology. Okay. Now, I understand, Lily, that this isn't the highest quality one. I'm going to check out your website and get and get and get upgraded. But is there any way you can walk me through uh, that anxiety relief exercise? So there's two different ways that you can relieve anxiety, actually, with facial flexology and facial washout. With facial flexology, there's a point right in the center of your forehead, right, right in the middle. Okay. Find that center point between your brows, your forehead, and all along. Just find that center point right in the center of your forehead. And you can get your finger or your knuckle and use the little circular motions. I'm going to use my tool so you can see what that will look like. Or is, this you, like is this like pineal gland or a little higher? This is a little higher. This is the okay. mind. So you want to do soft, gentle, and you don't want to do more than 20 seconds. There's no need to overstimulate the nervous system because we're working with the nervous system. And this is point correlates to anything relating to the mind. So overthinking, anxiety, um, stress, um, and migraines, headaches, and just and when you do it, take deep breaths so that you can help with that, you know, parasympathetic state and, and calming the nervous system. Yeah. Okay. I like that. And then the, does it matter which direction you go or no? 
This is a question I get asked. I don't, if I get, a, if I had a penny for every time I get asked this question, I would have been like retired by now. You don't um, but really. You love what you do. You're going to be working, working forever. That's true. No, I don't want to retire, but retiring for me in the sense, like maybe just not doing as many um, content creation, you know, yeah, <laughs> or different content creation. I mean, evolving from that, but anyway, because I feel like we're always evolving, but uh, with the facial gua sha tool, the way you can help to relieve some like anxiety in the sense, because this whole forehead area here, we hold a lot of emotional um, blockages. So a lot of people, you know, when you're sad or when you're angry or where you're, um, you know, just in any negative emotion, you're going to crunch up your brows. You notice that it's all here. Mm. When you're, you know, even when you're skeptical, you're like, you raise your brows or right. you're angry, you will go like this. And when you're sad, you go like this. So you're really using a lot of your forehead muscles. And a lot of times there's like emotional blockages that are stuck there. And so by releasing the tension on these muscles, you're going to help to relax that wrinkle fold. You're going to help to relax your, your, your immune system. I mean, your, your nervous system as well. You're going to help to create some relaxation. So by releasing the relaxing the muscle, you automatically get this ah, kind of feeling, mm. right? Because you're, you're removing that blockage, that emotional blockage that's there as well. Okay. Okay. So you would get your tool and place it right in the center of your forehead as flat as possible you can to the skin. So five to 15 degree, not 90. So like five to 15, as flat as possible. You want as much contact with that skin so that you prevent unnecessary tugging. And then with the opposite hand, you want to support the skin. And then you want to use the hand with the tool and glide outward towards the hairline using light to medium pressure. You don't want to press too hard. It shouldn't hurt. And you want to keep just gliding motions outward from the center and out. Mm. And then just on the other side. And you can almost feel those little micro spasms that you have. They'll feel like little tiny bumps, little little knots. Just breathe. Don't rush it. I know a lot of the videos that I have are really sped up, but it's just to put everything into the one video. I know people's attention spans are short, so. It's just to let you know how to do it. But in real time, it's really slow. It's really intentional. Should we put on any anything on the skin to prep or no? So it depends. So if your skin is really healthy and depending on what you're trying to do. So if you're trying to do, um, for example, myofascial release, if you're really trying to um, remove any um, fascia adhesions, restrictions, then you don't need an oil if your skin is healthy because your, your skin will have a natural uh, or healthy balance of oil production and your right. skin should have a little bit of a glide naturally. But if your skin is really dry, then you can apply a little bit of an oil. Now, if you're doing lymphatic drainage techniques or massage techniques on the face, then you do want to apply an oil to okay. prevent the overstretching of the skin, but it just depends. Like my myofascia release technique is very unique and different. Um, and you can use it without oils if your skin can tolerate it. But if your skin is really dry or out of balance, it can, yeah, it can be irritating. So yeah, just apply a small, not too much. You don't want to apply too much oil because you still want to have enough contact with the skin, enough control and grip. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, this is definitely a tool that I'm going to implement more of because I, I really actually do feel like tension melt away. Um, okay. So, so Lily, first of all, I just want to say like, you're such a wealth of knowledge and I'm really grateful that we're connecting and and I'm excited to see how we can continue supporting each other and co-elevating together. Um, yeah, really excited, really grateful. So thank you. And I want to ask you a few rapid fire questions. All right. These are more just like fun. Just say whatever first comes to mind. Don't, don't, don't overthink anything. All right. Um, what is your uh, favorite emoji? Shit. Shit. Cool. What is one lesson that you wish you were taught in school? Be compassionate. How do we practice compassion? Being compassionate with ourselves first. Mm. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Don't be too hard on yourself. Okay. What is the worst piece of advice you've been given and specifically maybe by a parent or a teacher or somebody close to you in your life? Oof, that's a, that's an interesting one. There's so, I'm like, there's so many, I'm trying to pick one. Oh, really? <laughs> well, so, so there's, there's been a lot of pieces of that advice. What, what's one of them that came up? Um, just how to speak uh, to my followers, for example. Right. Yeah. And what, and what was, was just, the bad, what was the piece of advice? Um, that I shouldn't say, Hey guys, or this or that. And it was just in the sense that, and and the reason why it was a bad advice, it was because it, the way that I was and the way that I related and the way that I spoke, it was me. I wasn't trying to be anybody else. And if I would have listened to that advice of someone telling me how I should act, I probably wouldn't have grown the way that I did. I, Mm -hmm. I stood authentic and real as possible uh so that's why i for me that was the worst advice wow i'm gonna i'm gonna piggyback off what you just said because regardless of if it's creating content or just following your dreams in in some in some aspect there's always going to be naysayers there's always going to be people that criticize you that say hey no you should do this not that and ultimately doing whatever is most authentic to you is usually the thing that is going to get you the best results. Now, you need to balance that with being open to receiving feedback and being willing to like change and improve for sure. But then there's, there's those things that you just mentioned where it's like, this is me. And, you know, I get I, a couple of the things I, I got were like, 
sometimes if I would like cuss in a video or swear, people said like, dude, you shouldn't swear. And I'm like, honestly, it's not like I'm thinking about it. It's not like I'm thinking like I'm going to say fuck, you know, it's just like the way that I am when I'm passionate, like certain words come out and it's yeah. not going to be every other word, like some people, but when it does come out, it's like the context, the context matters. And I'm glad that you have continued to uh, share your voice and message in a way that's authentic to you. Um, yeah, very important. Um, and that's, and, and I don't want to say it was a bad advice. Like you said, people want to help people want to see, help you grow. And there, there are times with certain advices, you just have to follow your gut and follow your intuition in that, you know, in that moment. Um, so that's why for me, it was, it wasn't a bad, I don't want to say it was a bad advice. It was just at the moment it didn't serve me. And, um, so I took it, I thanked it, but I didn't use it because it didn't serve me at the time. Yeah, for sure. So I want you to visualize, you know, it is, it is your last night at your last supper and you've impacted tens of millions of people through healthier living, skincare, all of the things. And it's your last supper, Lily, and you get to choose three people to be at that table with you. Three people, it can't be friends or family. All right. Um, anyone, anyone can be there with you. You get to ask them any questions, you get to connect, you get to laugh together, you get to cry together. Who would those three people be? Oh, wow. Right off the bat, for sure, Jesus. I think he was freaking awesome. Uh, next, it would be Dwayne Dyer and then Tupac. Hey, wow. That is a diverse, <laughs> that is a diverse dinner table. Oh, my gosh. I don't yes. think, you know what's crazy is I don't think anyone any of my previous guests have said Tupac, which is kind of surprising. And I don't think anyone said Jesus before. All three of yours are fresh, but like the fact that no one said Tupac is kind of surprising. Yeah, I, I think he had something going and, you know, there was a lot of ju judgment and criticism and he was definitely like the black sheep, right? Um, in the industry, in a way, right? In the society. And um he spoke a lot of truth in his music and if people were to listen to not, I'm not saying every song, but there is some songs where he spoke a lot of truth. And um, yeah. Yeah. And I think the interesting table, right? With Jesus, Tupac and Dwayne Dyer. Yo, at least, at least you'd be coming with that feminine energy. Oh my God. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it, there's so many people I would love to, right. But Right off the bat, you know, there's just those three people were very um, important in my life. I didn't have a father figure. So I had to imagine what a father figure would be. Mm. So I think that's why for me, those men represented something that I looked up to that I admired about. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting you say that too, because I feel like there has been a big disconnect I, I feel like I notice it now more than ever, like with feminine and masculine and like the conflicting energies and a lot of women 
you know, even such as yourself who are like, like independent growth oriented business owners, right? It's like, I'm strong, I'm independent, right? And sometimes you're forced to take on more of that masculine energy, which feels away from like the feminine. So I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I think that the reason, yeah, we can go so deep into this. (laughs) We can save that for round two. Yes, we can save it for round two, but the feminine and masculine energies are, are, are beginning to become more balanced, I feel like. I feel like more men are becoming more comfortable with their feminine energy, and I think more women are becoming more comfortable with their masculine energy, and it's okay to be a little more assertive, a little bit more driven and goal-oriented as a woman and not being seen as being a bitch or being controlling or being, um, you know, manipulative or whatnot. Like the things that men used to be able to do, women were not, and now women are. And the same vice versa, things that men back then weren't able to do or express and be safe and feel comfortable to express are able to now. So I think that we're coming into a new wave for sure of people just being comfortable and being okay with those energies within themselves. Mm-hmm. Cause we, we have, we have both feminine and masculine within each of us. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I appreciate that perspective. Um, Lily, again, uh, I just want to acknowledge you for, for the way that you're showing up in the Thank world. You. Like there's, there's honestly very few guests that I've had on the podcast that I didn't really know prior to bringing them on. And I was just really inspired by the message they were putting out. So I don't consume a lot of content. So the fact that, you know, uh, I was watching your stuff, like it it definitely resonated with me. And I know it's resonating with millions of people around the world. So thank you for staying true to yourself and sharing so authentically and leading by example. And I just want to give you the opportunity to share with the audience where they can connect with you, where they can buy some of these incredibly amazing products. Thank you, Jeremy. And yes, um, they can go to wildlilyorganics.com to the website and my Instagram handle and in TikTok handle is wildlilyorganics. And yeah, you can find everything there. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to email, DM me, or just even, yeah. Yeah, just comment on my post. If you have any questions, like on a specific um, post that I have or technique and you don't know, just feel free to reach out. Amazing. All right, fam. It's wildlilyorganics.com. It's all going to be linked in the show notes. And we're also going to have a little discount for the store if you want to get hooked up with some of these tools. I also know that there's like, I think there, there's even like cacao, ceremonial cacao that I was interested in checking out. Yeah. Um, it's a, yeah. yeah, but Lily, thank you so much. Um, I'm so excited for the world to hear this. And you are truly a gift to the world. So thank you so much for everything. And fam, you already know what time it is. It's time to take your skincare, take your health, take your wellness to the next level and thrive. Much love fam, peace. What is up family? I don't know about you, but that conversation with Liliana left me so inspired because she was put in a very difficult situation with her salon being closed. 
at the start of COVID. And she used this opportunity to pivot and share all of these skills and gifts that she had with the world. And I think it's a powerful lesson for everyone because you have a gift. You have something unique that could bring so much value to your community, whether that be online or in person. And I hope that Liliana's courage and perseverance inspires you to go do something great. I love you so much, fam. As always, it means the world if you leave a review on iTunes for the pod, hit the link for our YouTube channel. We put all of our video live episodes there. And yeah, I love you so much. I appreciate you. And thank you so much for being on this journey with us. You already know what time it is. It's time to unleash your potential and thrive.